while Jesus during the Christmas season is referred to because of the prophecy in Isaiah, is referred to as the Prince of Peace, you would think that it would be a season of peace. But, but, because we've enhanced it with so many traditions and we try to participate in all of them, sometimes it isn't much of a peaceful season. And it's our prayer, my prayer, that when we come into this room together, into this, into this building, because it's not just this room that's happening right now. We've got you know, children going on both sides of us. Um, but it, it's our prayer that when we come together like this, not just in December, but all the time, when we come together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would remember he's the Prince of Peace, and he's given us personal peace. The Bentons read again from Romans uh, chapter 5, as I did last week, speaking about the, the, the candle of hope, the light of hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, speak of both peace and hope. But you notice in that first verse that they read, we have been justified by faith and we have peace with God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you remember when the angel... Um, came to Joseph in a dream because Joseph wasn't at peace. Joseph's fiance told him that she was pregnant, but don't worry, the baby's from God. And that caused him to wonder. And he wasn't at peace. He was, a, he was a great guy, chosen, appointed for this, for this mission that he was given, you know, to, to be the earthly father of the Son of God. But he had never heard this kind of thing before and, and just wasn't buying it, and he wasn't at peace. He was, he was you know, he was scrambling as a, as a good, great guy. He was trying to think, you know, how can I, how can I help her out through this? You know, how can, how can... How can this end well? Because this is not a good situation. And so he's got this plan put in place. He's, gonna, he's not going to make a big deal out of it. He's not going to you know, have her stoned, which he could have done. Um, he's gonna, just going to divorce her because in that day, even as an engaged couple, they would have required a written divorce you know, to end the relationship. And he's just going to try and you know, let her family take care of her, and he's just going to get out of it. And then... He sees the angel in his dream. He wasn't at peace. But the angel tells him, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. It's a, the, the, the baby conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And he's thinking, that's exactly what she said. And then he said, when the child is born, you're gonna give, she's going to give birth to a son. And you're supposed to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua salvation of the Lord. That's what that means. Because he will save his people from their sins. You see, Joseph wasn't the only one who wasn't at peace. 
He was living in a nation of people who were not at peace. They needed to be forgiven of their sins. That's what Paul's talking about in Romans chapter one, in Romans five one. That's how we have peace with God. That's how the Prince of Peace, Jesus, gives us peace with God because He forgives us of our sins. That's the beginning of peace for us. Joseph needed that as much as everybody else in Israel. Thankfully, he believed what the angel said to him. He believed that it was true. He then believed what Mary said to him was true. And he did take her as his wife. And he did travel down to Bethlehem as he was supposed to because of the family that he was in to, to register her there, to register there as a family. And there gave birth according to the scripture, the Old Testament scripture that Jesus was going to, the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem. And then Jesus was born there. But the whole point of it was to exalt Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Yeshua, Joshua, the salvation of the Lord, forgiveness of sins through Him. And again, that's the beginning of peace, having peace with God. And so before we go any further in this concept of Jesus being the Prince of Peace, let's, let's make sure that we've established that and that all of us have that taken care of in our own lives. What, what a waste of Christmas if you don't recognize Jesus as the Prince of Peace and as your Prince of Peace, as the one who gives you personal peace with God through the forgiveness of your sins. And some of you think, well, you don't realize how many sins I have committed. And I'll just remind you, if you you don't know this, that one of the apostles, one of Jesus' special appointed um, messengers to to take his word around the world, the apostle Paul, he considered himself the chief among all sinners. Because he persecuted the church to the point of having people put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. And he was forgiven. And he uses himself as the example. If God can forgive me, the chief of all sinners, he can also forgive you. And so even though you might think that your sins are too great to be forgiven, don't believe that. That's a lie. Jesus came into this world as the Prince of Peace to give everybody who believes in him peace with God. Forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life, living with him forever in his glory. That's the beginning, as I said, of the, the, the light of peace, Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And so make sure don't, don't think that you come to peace with God by going to church. And, and let me recommend, I, I want to recommend to you, go to church. Come to church. Keep doing what you're doing this morning. It's a good thing. But it doesn't give you peace with God. It can be a vehicle that he might use. It can be a means that he might use to help you come to that place of having peace with God. But going to church and doing church stuff doesn't give anybody peace with God. Unless that church, which is why we do this, Unless that church points you to the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for our sins and rose again victorious over death to give everybody who believes in him peace with God. 
That's how a church can help in the process. But a church doesn't do it for you. Jesus does. Don't think that doing good things gives you peace with God. Good things are important and we should all be doing them. But none of the good things that we do give us peace with God. Only believing in Jesus. Believing that he came into this world as his word tells us. And lived that perfect life and went to the cross. Rose again from the dead. Ascended to the Father, to the right hand of the Father, to send his Holy Spirit to live in all of us who believe. He's the one that did the good works for us. He's the one that did everything that's required, everything that's necessary. So make sure at this point in the season now that you know the Prince of Peace, that you believe in him. That's the key thing. And if you do, even if you don't, still turn to this passage. But if you do, turn to Colossians, one of the Apostle Paul's epistles, one of his letters. Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 15. Because the Apostle Paul takes this concept of Jesus being the Prince of Peace to another level besides just, and I don't use this word just to, to minimize it, but, but besides just giving us peace with God, he's also going to reign as the prince of peace in our lives in other very practical ways throughout our lives. Look what he says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ, remember he's the prince of peace, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hopefully you recognized us in this passage this morning. Hopefully you recognize why we've, why we've been doing what we've been doing for the past half hour. Because this is what we do. This, this is what the people of God's peace do. But look at what he says at the beginning of verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now understand something. The Apostle Paul wouldn't be giving this admonition if we did this without some encouragement. Because there are forces at work in our lives trying to rob us of the peace of Christ. Lots of forces at work in our lives trying to rob us of the peace of Christ. I have a friend uh, who sometime in 2022 decided to stop listening to the news or watching the news or reading the news. Um, because he recognized that it was robbing him of his peace, the peace of Christ. So 
when Russia invaded Ukraine, his pastor asked him about it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and his pastor said, are you living under a rock, man? And he stopped and he thought about that for a second. And he thought, basically, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm living under the rock. And you remember what the, the symbol of the rock is in the scripture? Jesus. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He said, basically, that's what I'm doing. I don't need to know exactly all the terrible things that are going around me to know that I have a Savior and that he wants me to live my life for his glory in this world, regardless of what's going on, so that other people also can find out about him. So he didn't mind the pastor saying he's living under a rock. But he decided... For his, own, for his own sake, for his own peace, he needed to distance himself from the bombardment of the media that was giving him all this bad news all the time. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to do that. But I am saying, if you need to do that, you need to do that. If, if, if that is robbing you, if that is interfering with the peace of Christ ruling in your heart then eliminate it until you get to a point, and I believe you can get to this point, where you'll have the peace of Christ even if you do hear the bad news. Because, did you notice the connection here between the peace of Christ and the word of Christ? They go together very, very closely. We have the peace of Christ because of the word of Christ. That's how we found out about it. That's how we found out that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah said that thousands of years ago. We found out about it from the Word of God. We found out also from Isaiah, as Mark read from Isaiah 26, we found out that God keeps in perfect peace those who keep their minds fixed on Him. How do we do that? How do we fix our eyes on Him? How do we see Him, as we were singing about earlier this morning? How do we see Jesus? The Word of God. We look into the Word of God personally and corporately together like this or in smaller groups like our Bible studies at 9.30. And again, I want to remind you. I try to remind you this almost every week. If you're not a part of one of those, check them out. It's an important way to dig into the Word of Christ. And as we dig into the Word of Christ, then we have this great side effect of that where the peace of Christ that He's promised to give us starts ruling in our hearts. It starts taking over. Hey, remember, he's the prince of peace. He's in charge. He is the ruler. He is the master. We call him the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not his nickname. That's his title. He's in charge, and he wants us to live in peace. And that peace starts with our own, as I mentioned before, our own relationship with God. But it's also an inner peace, a personal peace, where we don't let everything around us bring us in to the the, the fast moving water of, of 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 all these all these things whatever they might be he wants us to maintain that peace even in the midst of a crazy world that we're living in and we can't turn everything off you know, as I referred to turning the news off, we can't turn everything off. We're, we're, we're living in a world that's not very peaceful, but we still can let that peace of Christ rule in our hearts. If, first of all, if he's our Lord, 
that makes him the Prince of Peace in our lives. And he wants us to live in that peace regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the forces that are working against us to rob us of that peace. Sometimes when we have, when we have the power to do so, we get to turn off some of those forces. We have the responsibility to look at our own lives and the lives of our families and, and, and ask ourselves, hey, do we, need to, do we need to turn some things off? Do we need, do we need to make some changes in, in our way of operating to, to make this a more peaceful home, to help each of us to have more peaceful lives? But the key is recognizing that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, wants that peace to rule our hearts. He wants us to be men and women, boys and girls of peace in the midst of a very war-torn world. And I'm not just speaking of, of literal wars like the one in Ukraine right now, although it certainly applies there as well. But there's, there's, there are battles going on all over the place in all of our lives. Serious battles. And he wants us to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts in the midst of those battles. Now, he puts it in the context of the local church as he, as he gives us this admonition. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace. The moment we received Jesus, we were made members of his body the body of Christ, that's the, the universal church, not the local church. We were made, made parts of, the, of the, uni, the great church of all believers, but we're also connected to a local body, which is where we live out the experience of being a part of his body. And he's, made, he's given us peace, and he wants us to express it in the relationships that we have within the body of Christ. Starts in our families, where we're... People within our family are believers of Christ. That's a part of the body of Christ, and we're called to peace. And in the larger context of the local church, as we all are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've all been given peace with God through our faith in him. He now wants his peace to rule in our hearts to the point that we'll have peace with each other. It's actually one of our, one of our witnesses to the world. They're supposed to notice how well we get along with each other. And that's supposed to be an attraction to them because most groups of people within this world don't get along with each other very well. Most families don't get along with each other very well. So our families, our local church, are supposed to be witnesses, are supposed to be lights to the rest of the world showing how we do that. But the only way that we can do that is if the peace of Christ rules in our hearts. And he enables us then, because of our knowledge of his word, remember that's dwelling in us also, as he he gives us admonition, the only way the peace of Christ is going to rule is if the word of Christ lives in us. And as we grow in our knowledge of his word, then we also understand how we can live at peace with each other, even though we're different kinds of people with different kinds of opinions, different talents and abilities and experiences and all those kind of things. He can help us overcome all of those differences to live at peace with one another within the body of Christ, 
within our families. But it requires our knowledge of his word so that we see the things that he's done for us. We see the expectations that he has of us. That he wants us to be at peace, that he wants us to make that a priority so that we choose peace whenever we have the opportunity within our families, within, our, within the body of Christ, that we choose peace rather than war or fighting or discord. We wisely, because of our knowledge of the Word of God, work through the differences and the difficulties that we face together, recognizing that God wants us to be at peace. And so we see that what, what starts within our, within our own lives, being at peace with God, then spills over into the peace that we have in our families and the peace that we have within the body of Christ. The peace that we have with other members of the body of Christ, even as we serve him outside of the, outside of the, the walls, so to speak, of his church. You know, some of you who work in, in what I would refer to as secular, you know, occupations, you find that you have other believers, maybe not of this particular local church, but you have other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ working at the same place. You all can share your priorities together. You can share your perspective together and shine for Christ together in that environment. So they see, again, the body of Christ at work, living at peace with each other, shining brightly for him and making an, making an impact, a difference in that secular workplace or that secular school environment where, again, as students who, who also are believers, maybe there's some teachers that are believers and in, in, in interacting with each, with each other in this peaceful, in these peaceful relationships, again, shining for Christ in those environments. But it starts with us recognizing that God wants us to let his peace, the peace that comes through the Prince of Peace, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to rule in our hearts, to make this a priority. And so, as we sit here this morning, first part of the Christmas season, December 4th, 21 days away, who's counting? Are we at peace? Is the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts? And if it's not, then we use this morning, the day that the light of peace was lit on the Advent wreath, to remind us that, that, that it's possible. Through Jesus, the Prince of Peace, it is possible. Now, this admonition wouldn't be given by the Apostle Paul if it was easy. And so we recognize it may not be easy. There may be some changes that need to be made in our lives for the peace of Christ to rule. There may, we may need to seek help to, to have the, the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts. We may need the help of someone within the body of Christ to pray for us about a specific thing that, that, that we need the Lord to help us with so that we can have peace. 
Maybe it's a relationship or maybe a set of relationships that aren't at peace. And so your life is not at peace. Enlist somebody within the body of Christ to pray for you. Think of Bill Thompson mentioned the card this morning, or, or, or it might have been Ron Hagler, the card that's in the, in the uh, chair in front of you. Or if you're online, you can see a place to mention these things on the website. Um, if you need us to pray about something, use that card. Put your name on it and put on there what you want us to pray about. You don't have to get specific. You don't have to, you know, expose anything, but just, just share. You need prayer about, about something, and we'll pray for you. It's one of the things that we do together as, as, as a body of Christ. We pray for each other. And so if you, if you need prayer, seek somebody out and ask them to pray for us. Put it on the card and let, let, let us be praying for you, whatever the case might be. When things aren't easy, they're usually better done together. Now, with the right partnerships. You know, Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 said, two are better than one for they have a good return for their work. That assumes, of course, that it's the right two. You know, because there, you know, there are some times when you get a lot more done by yourself rather than having somebody who's not so helpful be your helper. Now, parents, you don't get to, um, you know, use that idea with your kids because there's a whole other thing going on there. Productivity is, is happening in more than, one, more than one way. But two are better than one. They do have a good return for their work. We, we think about that within marriage. We think about that within other family structures. We think about that within friendships within the body of Christ. And so if you need help to be at peace, have somebody pray for you. Remember, Jesus wants his peace to rule in your hearts. That's his will. That's an obvious thing that he wants us to do. So don't wonder if praying about it's going to help. He has, has clearly shown us that he wants this to be true in our lives. And so pray for it. If you're struggling with it right now, pray for it. He will give it to you. And he'll give you the help that you need within the body of Christ or medically or whatever the circumstances might be. He will give you the help that you need to have the peace of Christ. But he wants that for you. He wants you to make it a priority. And then as we make that a priority in our own lives, we can also see it as a part of our witness during this Christmas season in the lives of others. Because we all probably know somebody who's not at peace right now. Somebody who's not at peace with God at all, or somebody who's not living in that peace, who's, who, the, who the peace of Christ is not ruling in their hearts. And we may be able to be the one to shine the light of Christ on them this Christmas season, to let them know that peace is available. It's possible to have peace in our lives. Some people don't believe that because they've never experienced it. Well, we have something the Apostle Paul calls it in Philippians chapter 4. He calls it the peace that passes all understanding. The peace that doesn't make worldly sense. We have that in Jesus Christ. And we can tell them, you can have peace. A peace that you, that you can't even understand right now, 
the moment you receive Jesus as your Savior, the moment he forgives you of your sins and he gives you peace with God, he will also begin to give you peace in your life, peace in your heart, peace in your family, peace in your relationships. He begins to give that the moment he comes into our lives. And so peace can be a great thing to talk about during this Christmas season with your friends and family who don't know Jesus. You've probably seen the, uh, the bumper sticker. No Christ, N-O, Christ, no peace, N-O, no peace. Then use a different no, K-N-O-W, no Christ, K-N-O-W, no peace. There are some friends of ours that could use that message from us. And during the Christmas season, you have a great excuse to talk about it. Because Jesus is referred to during this season more than any other time as the Prince of Peace. And so, this peace is for us. This peace is for our families. This peace is for us as a church. This peace is for those who don't know him yet. And so as we pray for each other and the peace that God wants us to have, let's also continue to pray for those that we know who don't know Christ, that they will also come to know his peace as they know him. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for being so clear in your word that you want us to be people of peace. You want us to have it. You want us to share it. You want us to pray for each other about it. And you want us to shine through it. And we pray that you would use this Christmas season in our lives, not only to experience a different level of peace, even as everything is hectic and in turmoil, that you would give us a state of peace in our hearts that would shine brightly would give us the, the, the health that we need, but also help others to receive that peace that they need as well. Father, if this hasn't been our trademark, if this hasn't been our norm, help us to do whatever it takes to obey your word this morning, to let your peace rule in our hearts. And we pray that you would use us to have a big impact in each other's lives and also the lives of those around us who don't know Christ. That we can share what it means to know Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And Father, for any who are here this morning who don't have peace with you, we pray that they would recognize that they know enough about you from this morning to be able to receive you and to receive your peace. Give them the courage and faith today, the wisdom to say, yes, Jesus, I receive you. I believe in you. Give me your peace. Make me a man or woman, boy or girl of peace to live my life for your honor in everything that I do. And thank you for the gift of eternal life that you've given me 
through your work on the cross, through your resurrection from the dead, through the power of your Holy Spirit who now lives in me. Help me to live for you. Father, that's all of our prayer today, that we could live these lives of peace for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.